0: Welcome to the Get It Done podcast. I'm your host Jimmy Ryan. Today we have Steve Kyle. Steve is a producing branch manager with Success Mortgage Partners. He is a partner with Carl White at the Mortgage Marketing Animals, and he helps LOs uh, find more loans, uh, find more time, and find their freedom. Uh, one of those loan officers is uh, is me as well. Uh, he has the Leadership Mindset podcast. He's a, a leader that I look up to, and many others do as well. Steve, welcome to the Get It Done podcast.
1: Hey, brother, great to be here, Jimmy. I am thrilled to be on the podcast with you, man. We got a lot to talk about.
0: Hey, man, we're going to jump right into it. So, I, you know, everybody knows you as this just great mortgage leader, and that's all good and fine. But we're going to get into something a little bit different today. What we want to, I love hearing people's story before that they were really somebody well known. I use Elon Musk as an example. You know, he has a great, story from making a million dollars a year to a billion dollars a year, but I'm more interested in the zero to a million story. And for you, Steve, what the best way to really start is where were you born and uh, what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up?
1: Yeah, great question, man. Um, So a little bit about the story. So I grew up in a lower middle-class family. Um, you know, it's it's just a hardworking family. My my family was in the restaurant business. My dad, uh, when he got out of the air force, uh, got into the restaurant business in his twenties, and that's what he did, man. That was his profession. He was a uh, restauranteer, worked as a manager, and man, it was an old school manager. When I when I say old school, Jimmy, it was. You know, now the restaurants have like five or six managers. They have a kitchen manager, front, in front of the house manager, a bar manager, a general manager, an associate manager. You know, my dad grew up just working hard. And so he would open the restaurant at 10 and he'd shut it down at 10 p.m. And so growing up, if we wanted to spend time with my parents or my dad, because they both worked at the restaurant, we just had to go to the restaurant and work. So, you know, we didn't have much in the way of money. There were six of us. Um, and so, you know, I think my dad was making maybe 400 bucks a week as a restaurant manager. So we, he, what I grew up seeing uh, was somebody who was willing to work hard. Uh, but I also, and I love my dad. He passed away a year ago, uh, but I learned so many great lessons. And, you know, one of the interesting things, and this is what we teach in our coaching program, the mortgage marketing animals, we have the Freedom Club, which is our higher end coaching program. You know, we help loan officers become more effective. And so, Jimmy, you know, what's interesting is, is I watched and you can be busy or you can be effective. And the mission of our life is not to be busy because busy doesn't always mean that you're seeing great results. It could just mean that you're busy. We want to help people become effective in their life so that when I move the day forward, there's so much focus and so much effort in the right way working through people that we get more done than otherwise could have been done. And, you know, getting in this business, I got in the business in 2002, Uh, I got licensed in 2003. Uh, I was an entrepreneur. I think uh, my twin brother and I, we used to, do, I mean, we were just entrepreneur. We had a gold plating company, which we would gold plate cars. And then that turned into a, a t-shirt business. And we tried to make entrepreneurs and you know make money doing that. And uh, we ultimately got into real estate in our early twenties. And what was crazy was we bought our first house for $6,000 uh, and we sold it a week later for $10,000 by just cleaning the yard and putting shutters on it. And uh, that started a passion for, man, we could do something great with this thing called real estate. Uh, but then a few years later, we lost everything. So here I am. I'm 25 years old. I'm newly married. I'm dead broke. Owe a quarter million dollars in, in, in repayments to the bank that we handshake the deal with. And uh, we've lost about $1.2 million in real estate. And so that began my career in the mortgage business. I mean, you don't get any further back than that. We even had four of our houses going into foreclosure. And so, man, we spent the next 10 years clawing out of that um, and paid every single person back. And, uh, man, I just realized that mortgages were my outlet. I love people, love making a difference, and this is the way we were going to do it. So it's it's been an interesting story.
0: Wow, so there's so much that I can unpack here. So you're going fast, and I love it. Uh, that's just I, me and you get along because I think we have three conversations at once, and um, we can just go forward with a ton of stuff. So I want to just go back really quick to your dad working ten to ten, making four hundred dollars a week, and being like a true, yeah. you know, manager doing everything type of thing. Boy, this reminds me a lot of Carl White's story. It really does, <laughs> and I'm sure that's why you guys relate. Where like you is a salt and pepper story, you know, each yeah, every yeah. time he goes back and forth. Did you get to witness, I guess, I guess here, literally one of the first things that you're talking about here is being effective as opposed to being busy. And I think that every loan officer, insurance agent, realtor, financial planner, that type of person, we're we're all guilty of this. We, a lot of times we're just, we're doing the steps, but we're not getting the results. We're not being yeah. effective. What, what did you see specifically in your dad? Um, and just to, just to kind of set this up a little bit more, good friend of both of ours, uh, Renee Rodriguez at, uh, at Amplify, he says that, you know, most everything that we do in our adult lives is to either honor our past
1: or heal our past. That's a good point. And, <clears a lot throat> hey, and times, I love Rene, man. Good dude. I know, right? Hey, uh, well, you, you know what? Here, here's what's interesting. I, uh, you, I didn't recognize this until really this last year, in a lot of reflection. So my dad passed away unexpectedly in November, man, when, when something like that happens, you know, I'll never forget the day we got the call. My mom, you know, gave me, we, we literally were on the phone at like four thirty that morning. We spent the next seven days at her kitchen table, man, there, there is so much that happens in reflection. So let me tell you, growing up, What I admired was that he would do whatever it took because we qualified for food stamps, but he wouldn't let us take them because he was too proud. Was that a good or bad thing? I don't know. Uh, What it taught me was that dad was willing to do whatever it took to put food on the table. Um, and, And I can tell you this, looking back and knowing what I know now, he didn't want to work 10 to 10. He did what it took. And that was the only thing he knew to get out of the situation he was in. You know, let me let me roll it back a little bit. What we found out which was an amazing story. Um, You know, when when dad passed away, you know, you're just hearing these stories and you're looking and you're diving deeper. And sometimes death makes it clearer the picture of what really happened. But dad was um, one of several. I think there were six of them, six kids. His dad was a violently abusive alcoholic. Um, Like literally he would spank them with barbed wire. And not spanked them, but beat them, and so it was just a remarkable thing. And literally, my dad's, all of my dad's brothers and sisters, man, they ended up in jail. They ended up dead. They ended up alcoholics or abusers. And dad broke that cycle of poverty. He broke that cycle of abuse, you know. And 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 I can remember meeting his parents, but we were not close to them at all. But man, I just remember, man, they they would holler at each other and cuss it even in their seventies and old age. And, and, you know, and what we realized was, man, he came out of a violently abusive family. Um, that were dairy farmers. So they knew how to work hard, but he was determined to break the cycle and his life was touched when he was eight years old. Um, There was a small Baptist church and a guy had a bus ministry, man. And that made me so fond of Baptist church bus ministries. He would drive and every Sunday they would stop in front of dad's house because he was on a major road, um, which I visited the house but they would stop there and they started taking dad to Sunday school. Well, that was where he began to realize there was hope for more. So here it is. This guy's giving of his time, giving of his treasure, his talent, picking up kids to bring them to Sunday school on Sundays. And it just happened to be that it touched my dad's heart in such a way that through the course of his early teens and early twenties and getting into the military, he began to say, there's a better way. And, um, you know, and I, I think what happens is uh, you break through. Our kids should be standing on our shoulders, looking further ahead, going further than we could go. And, and you know, and I think that that's where, um, you know, it's, it, it, I didn't realize. So, so, listen, here's the deal. My dad would have died wealthy if you were paid based on how hard you work. He didn't die wealthy. Now, he wasn't broke but he was not wealthy by any means. And what I began to realize in reflection is busy, hardworking, um, committed doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to generate revenue and wealth and money. And here's the thing. I don't care about money to be candid. It's just a tool. But what I do recognize is at the end of the day, it's one of the many indicators that what I'm doing is becoming effective. Commerce the, the report card for effectiveness is, hey, did we generate a net profit? Look, I could bring in a million bucks this year and I could run $995,000 in expense. And all I did was make five grand. Shoot, I should have just went and done something else to make $10,000, right? It's not just in the busy work. It's being effective, being profitable. And in doing it well, we'll make a difference on the people we serve in their lives. And then we'll make a lot of money doing it. And there's no reason we shouldn't. So well,
0: it seems like I mean, brother, I love how I love how we're talking about your dad. That's certainly a soft spot for me. I I, I had a lot of uh, my parents got divorced very young. I didn't really know my dad growing up, and it seems like though for you, he played a big role despite working twelve-hour days. And and he, it appears though he he instilled quite a lot of values into you. Yeah. And well, here I I wanna. I want to, I want to go to the next, uh, next piece of this because, uh, you jumped right away to starting some businesses with your brother and I, just to stay in high school for a second. What was, uh, what was, what was grade school life? Like what was, uh, what was high school life? Like, what was your first car? What was your first job?
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, man, <laughs> the grade school's a blur, bro. <laughs> high school. No. Well, so here's what, um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's a great question. It's a little bit of a blur. The the elementary grade school, you know, in high school, I'll tell you what I um, you know, I always knew I would do it a little different. So I was a musician growing up. I was actually pretty good. Um, really? So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I literally have played music up until four years ago when my plan, and and it wasn't any um, it was there wasn't any reason behind it. Can you hear me? Yeah. um
0: I think you're I think you're I think you just switched to a different yeah. microphone it's it, it yeah right. yeah okay yeah. We're good. Uh, are you good yep I'm good now yep tech 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 difficulties it's well, good yeah i playing I I, some... I, I could hear you oh uh... hey are you is that better I, I I can hear you now can you hear me can you hear
1: me can you hear me there we go can you hear me yeah I can hear you Okay, great. Sorry about that. Listen, my my computer's about to go dead. So, I just anyway. Hey, um okay. So
0: so, so you're a, you're a musician and I didn't know this about you. Especially say that you're um brother, if we have to, if we have to switch to a different computer, it just let me know. But okay, so okay, sounds good. Well, well look, I didn't know that you were a musician. What would you play? Like I want to know what instrument you play.
1: Yeah, so I'm a uh, so I play guitar, acoustic guitar. So when I was 15, I went on my first mission trip, and um, we spent a month. I spent a month in Honduras, and in Honduras, man, I ended up buying just a cheap street guitar, and I fell in love with music, man. So that was my refuge. That was my um, my escape. You know, it was one of those. We started working when we were 14 years old. I started pouring concrete, uh, which is one of the toughest jobs. So we would dig ditches, we would lay steel, we would pour concrete. Um, and so every Saturday I would be, I'd work concrete every holiday. I work concrete every, you know, Christmas break, summer break. I'd work the first month. I'd go on a mission trip the second month. And that was the greatest gift, man. I I became a, you know, when, when you travel at a young age without your parents, there's something remarkable that happens. Um, so it was a great organization called teen mania and they took thousands of young people every summer overseas and you'd spend 30 or 60 days on the mission field, helping people making a difference in their lives. And I've got to tell you, it's probably one of the most impactful things as a young person, because you learn the importance of responsibility. You learn the importance that life's not about us. Uh, You learn the importance of what real poverty looks like. You learn the importance that, man, kids who don't even have shoes that are digging out of the dumps, food, and they're digging, like literally the kids are trying to eat from the horrible, deplorable conditions still have joy. And, you know, the joy didn't come from money or resource. It came from, man, in many cases, just a love and a passion for God. And so we were able to bring hope and and just make a difference in the lives of the people. And so I think that was one of the greatest gifts as a young person, that my parents gave me the freedom to be able to do something that wasn't attached to them. So every summer, I, you know, 15, I went to Honduras, 16, I went to Nicaragua, 17, I went to Bolivia, 18, I spent a month in Mexico. And so it was just these summers were so impactful. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing is that in my high school days, music in my, um, in my late teens would be the impact of missions and my love of people, um, and recognizing, man, that that really money, success, that doesn't equate to happiness. You can have very little and still have what we would call true joy. Uh, Joy isn't based on things. Um, but, but what I will tell you, like in in America, we have such a great opportunity. You know what, man, if you can learn to become effective, if you can have a vision for your life, if you'll get up and do the right things and follow other successful people, what I love about my partnership with Carl White and the mortgage marketing animals is this, listen, you want to make a million bucks in the mortgage industry. You don't have to figure it out. We've already figured it out, right? We already know what you do every single day. Right. Uh, we know how simple it is to make it. And, and I know somebody listening may say a million dollars. Yeah. A million dollars. You know what you do? You get up on Monday, you prospect nine to 11. Who do you call? We call a whole list of our Thor's hammered, 30 targeted agents. What happens with those agents? We want to build relationships and move them over to our focus 40. What do I do on Tuesday? Just ask. When do I do it? Nine to 11. Like we have a plan that we have literally followed and helped create countless millionaires because it's a very simple plan. And what I love about what we have is you recognize that it's an opportunity. All you've gotta do is show up every single day, follow a proven plan and system that others have done, repeat what they've done and see the same results. And then if you pivot a little bit, you might even get a little better. Um, so when I think about what happened in my late teens and high school days and moving into the mortgage industry, man, it's just been a journey of every day. I want to get a little better every day. I want to have a greater impact. And that means touching lives and making a great living, because I'll tell you this broke people. It's hard to change the world when you're broke. Hey, man, there's I, mean, still- I mean, that's just the reality. That's facts, man. That's just, that's I, just I pay the bills. It's hard for me to focus on other people.
0: You know, our, our, our good friend, Carl White, he actually says this is a quote that I actually use a lot. You know, anybody that says that money is the root of all evil hasn't given enough away. And it's yeah. just one of those super powerful quotes that, you know, he always just rolls out to something that's just super impactful. And and, and a lot of times people like, well, look, you're making a million dollars. That's way too much money. Well, what can you imagine what you could do with that? Imagine how how many people you could help. I want to go back to your, your, your missions trip. So this like at 15 brother, that is such a, that is a time that, um, gosh, I really wish I would have had a humbling experience like that when I was 15. And I think a lot of people too, when they're in their teens like that, they're struggling with more of, I don't know, they're, they're living for themselves, thinking about what, how how they're going to make the million dollars type of a thing. And, um, And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where I think that it can be really impactful in that on your missions trip, was there any particular thing that happened other than like, look, you're mentioning like seeing people eating in just terrible conditions. Were there any like people that you met while you were there that just really changed your life?
1: Yeah, man. Great question. The, I think it, so whenever I look at it, you know, it's so crazy, Jimmy, we're we're not getting any younger. I'm 44 now. Um, So when I look at it, I kind of think of it in chunks of time. So I don't know that there was one person. I just think it's the impact. You know, it's it's you know, I think about, I'll, I'll never forget how grateful I was when I came back at 15 and said, man, I, I I didn't even realize we were, if if I were to look at knowing what I know now, having what I have now, I would have looked at, looked back and probably said, you know what, we're really on the poor side. Like we we just didn't have much, but we didn't know it because our family loved each other. We just worked hard together. Well, when I came back from, you know, that mission trip to Honduras, my first one, dude, I was so grateful for what we had. And I think what it allowed me to do is to just get a different perspective. You know, it wasn't it it wasn't one person. It was the warmth of the kids. It was the love in the, you know, you hear them and they're playing soccer and they're, you know, and it's like, it's filthy conditions and they barely have enough to eat, but they've got so much joy and here they are, they want to love on the Americans and, you know, and, and, and you almost feel a little guilty for how, how, um, how much we take for granted the goodness of the United States. Even the poorest person here has it better than most people in third world countries and sure. so um, you know, I just think it, it makes you live with a heart of gratitude. So it wasn't hard to go work construction work. It, you know what, is it hard work? Absolutely. Is pouring concrete hard? Yes. Digging ditches? Yes. At 15, that's not what you wanna do. But when you come back, you realize, hey man, I, it puts a gratitude of, I got a job. And, and now that I know what I know that, it, like knowing what I know now, like we don't have jobs. I'm not living to pay the bills you know what those are mindsets that america has really deposited in 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 the hearts of people i'm looking for fulfillment which means i want to do something that makes me come alive and if i can find my gift if i can find my strength if i can find what i'm uniquely designed and created by god to do then when i work which means i put my hands to something it's not work it's not painful like i got to tell you jimmy the other day it's funny Carl and I are, I mean, he's truly one of my absolute best friends, aside from my twin brother and my wife. He's my best friend. Um, And and he and I were talking. He said, Steve, are you having fun in the season? And I told him, I said, Carl, I can't even tell I'm working. Like I'm having so much fun. I love the people I, I work with. I love what I'm doing. I love every aspect of what I'm doing and whatever I don't love to do. Guess what? Somebody else does. And it doesn't mean that I'm lazy, I'm not willing to do the work. I've just learned that in my 40s, if I wanna be the most effective, moving into my 50s and 60s, I've gotta become so laser focused and only do three things. What am I the best at that nobody does? Well, well, I'll tell you one is, content. Number two is, structure. Number three, strategy. And number four, implementation. That's my lane, man, that's what I'm good at. And, And those are the things that just hover around. Then I've got to do what I love to do the most. Well, guess what? I love doing all four of those <laughs> and they all overlap. And then guess what, Jimmy, you gotta ask yourself in doing what I'm really good at, what I love to do, what makes me the most money? And it's not all about money. I say money because money is one of the, the, the indicators. Yeah. To me, it's also impact, it's lives touched. That's a little harder to qualify. But I know I'm making a difference if I'm making a great living because people don't continue to do business with people who don't, they don't know, like, and trust, right? Especially in our business. So what I love is it's what I love, what I'm the best at, what makes me the most money. And the more I get focused on that, the more it's no longer work. When I dug ditches, that was work. It was a discipline. I hated it hated being in the hot sun. You'd come home sunburned. I hated going home exhausted and tired. I hated tying steel, your back hurt, your side hurt. There was nothing fun about it. That was a discipline, which helped me learn. I'm going to find something I love, something I'm good at, something that makes me a lot of money. And when you can do that, you begin to really, man, become more impactful. So, so here's the thing. My goal isn't to just make money, <clears throat> it, uh, it, it's it's real interesting. I, I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. I want to be so wealthy that I don't have to worry about money. My kids don't have to worry about money. Their kids don't have to worry about money. Why? Because when you're not thinking about money and I'm not thinking, hey man, how much is the gas price today? Oh my gosh, a gallon of milk is nearly $5. Like when you don't have those thoughts, when I'm not thinking about man, dude, I hope I got enough money to make rent or man, it's gonna be tight this month, but you just live life. How much more time and energy are you able to put towards other things as as opposed to just the basic needs? That's why I hate that phrase. And I said it earlier and I, I said it and I thought, oh, nobody works to pay the bills. You don't do it, man. Because what we're not working to pay the bills. If you're in debt, get out of debt. Focus for the next three to five years, seven years to a point where you have no debt so that debt doesn't run your life. Because here's what happens is, I'll not forget, Jimmy, do you remember in college? (laughs) By the way, I'm a six-year college graduate, uh, non-graduate, college dropout. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, (laughs) I'm not talking about college, I'm talking about be successful. Um, You know, it was funny, I was. uh, it took me so long because two reasons, I had to pay for college. Second reason is I helped my dad launch a, a restaurant. And then I had to drop out of college because that restaurant started failing. And so he asked me, he said, son, would you help me with the restaurant? And I said, done. And I never went back. So I was 21 hours away from a double major in marketing and business. And the funniest thing is I never finished, but look at me now.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, for sure. By the way, did, did, the, did the restaurant uh, take off? Did it, did it work out? Or did it... We, shut it, we shut it down.
1: You yeah. know, we shut it down and opened up another one. It was in a destination location. And you know, you just here's what would happen: you'd have killer Friday nights and Saturday nights, and you'd be dead Monday through Thursday. Um, it was a great lesson. Um, it stayed open another two years, but but we shut it down, and we did one that he could manage on his own whenever I left to go to Houston. So brother, uh, it was a great it was a great learning lesson. So 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 much I want
0: to get into here. So I just want to touch on one thing, brother. You're you're you have a twinkle in your eye when you talk about strategy. Um, you know, implementation. And as someone that you know works with you, we, we've we've partnered up, I, 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 I see it. It comes out in you. It's like, it's this energy that's undeniable. And I would, if you're going to point to anything, it, you're right. It's not work. It's truly living a fulfilled life. And you mentioned about like, look, you can't really be effective if you're worrying about putting food on your table or like, what are you going to eat tonight? Or what's the gas prices? It's, I, I think it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, a good friend of mine, Roland Cochran, uh, talks a lot about this, but if you're going to live the most purpose-filled life, you got to handle those pieces first. You're not going to live this life of fulfillment and happiness and joy if you're worried about putting food on the table. You got to pay the bills. The money's got to be there. Get out of debt. I love that. I mean, as we're putting people into debt with a mortgage loan, but it's a strategy and it
1: works out for the long term. Um Hey, well, let, let, me, let me say something about that real quick. So just, just to be crystal clear, um, like from somebody who came from literally nothing. So let me, let me give you an example. I paid for college. I paid for my first car. Like I, I, I drove a Junker that literally what was the, it? That was a 1979 Buick Opal. It looks like a roller skate. And <laughs> the floorboard was rusted out. Your feet could literally touch the ground. A Buick what? Buick Opal, and it was a five-speed Buick Opal, probably a four, I mean, no it just a little bitty roller skate of a car. It had three paint jobs, rust all over it. Um, but I mean, l- hey, listen, so let me, let me just go back for our listeners. One thing to think about is this, you know, whenever I got married, I was 25 years old. Stephanie was 23. We'll be married 20 years in February. When we, and so this is my 20-year journey. And, and I didn't really, now in reflection, you realize the power of effectiveness. So some of us listening, you're nobody's going to outwork you. That was kind of my motto. Like, you won't outwork me. You may win because you're better. And that's what I tell my son all the time. I say, son, listen, some days they're going to show up better than you. But the question you have to ask is, did I give my best? Did I leave it all out on the field? And if they beat you because they're just better than you that day, great. Good for them. Handshake and run on. But the, you'll never be accountable for somebody else's victory, you're only accountable for, did I leave it all out on the field? And what I began to realize was, listen, when I got married at 25, we had a quarter million dollars in debt, four houses going into foreclosure. I'm newly married, just uh, walked out of a failed real estate business, which now I've committed and nobody believes me, but I'm going to pay every single debtor back. And we did. It took us 10 years to do that. Now I'm moving into the mortgage space because I've been praying about God. What do you want me to do with my life? And I'm telling you, Jimmy, I heard two things. Like I didn't hear an audible voice from God and, you know, the heavens shake. But I'm telling you, clearer than I've ever heard God's voice ever in my life, I've heard two things. Whenever I was praying about it, am I supposed to marry Stephanie? I knew that I knew that I knew. God spoke to my heart. And it's so funny. I called my mom. I'm 20 three, 24 years old at this point. I'm like, mom, I know Stephanie, we're not dating right now. We're kind of broken up. We're going through this mess. I said, but man, I've been praying about it. And I, and I feel like God said, like, she's the one, and I'm supposed to get married in February. My mom said, true story, son, I've been praying about it too. And God spoke to my heart. And you guys are supposed to be married in February. When that was said, like literally <laughs> lights out, never had another question. Like it was such a confirmation Because, dude, you know, my mom is just such a great prayer warrior. And she literally confirmed everything. And and then she said some things that I hadn't even told anybody, but she knew. And it was like, dude, it's confirmation. Second thing was when Steph and I were going through this horrible financial situation. So imagine I'm 25. She's 23. We are now in a bigger pile of debt than most people double our age. And because we just wanted to make a better life. And I'll never forget. I heard God speak to my voice. He said, "Mortgages, dude. I didn't even know you spelt mortgage with two G's." <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like mortgage. What? So I was playing music at Lakewood Church. I was working for Cindy, uh, a great friend of mine who's still over at Lakewood. She's still a great worship leader. She was like she ran the music department, and I was I was doing leading worship for the portico and the young adults. And um, and, and what was interesting was her husband was in the mortgage business, Marcus Ratcliffe. He's not in the business anymore, but I just approached him. And for three months, man, that joker said, no, I'm not training you. It's hard to get in the mortgage business, man. They were in the middle of a refi boom. um, And he's like, no, I'm not training you. And eventually he said yes. And I would drive an hour to his office. I would sit there from like eight to noon for free on the floor. He didn't even have a desk or chair for me. And I would listen to him and then I'd go wait tables at Papacitas from noon to one to pay the bills. And honestly, it wasn't even enough to pay the bills. And brother, I couldn't catch a refi to save my life. And we were in the middle of a refi boom (laughs) and I didn't even know it. And so that was the beginning of, you know what? I never looked back. I knew that mortgages were my calling. It's what I was supposed to do. Um, And I was just going to keep getting better every single year. But listen, we were so broke, Jimmy. We would take quarter dates there was a matinee movie theater where you could watch a movie for 50 cents on Friday. And there was this little trashy Italian restaurant, like Fratoli's or something. And we could get like a pasta bowl that we could share for like $3.50. So we would literally do our dates for less than five bucks because that's all we could scrounge together. And so to come from that, to what we're living now where, man, we're building our dream home right now. We've got money in the bank. We're, we're, I mean, we're just in, in, in a, in a remarkable position.
0: Well, that wasn't that long ago. I mean, like I'm doing the math on all this.
1: That's, that's not years ago. Yeah. And and we paid off the last debt 10 years ago. And well, so, no, and I'll tell you that's the, ex- I mean.
0: that's yeah. not that long ago. I mean, it, it, I know your results now and I'm just like, I'm looking back. like that's not that long ago. So, I mean, it, it's, it doesn't take long, I guess, is 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 my point.
1: No, and hey, listen, I'll tell you, we were we have a freedom club uh, for our higher our, our higher end coaching clients and members. It's called the Freedom Club. I'm a last part week. of
0: it. At, yep. can't, I can't endorse it enough. Freedom Club is oh, ab- absolutely Yeah, we absolutely. had
1: 350 of our members. So about half of our members in the Freedom Club showed up last week in um in uh, San Antonio. Man, I gotta tell you, Greg Morga, dude remarkable story. So when you said fast, here, here's what would happen. If you were to say, Steve, could you have sped it up? I would tell you that for me personally, I could have if I would have been at this season 10 years ago or 20 years ago. The challenge was, Jimmy, this wasn't around at this level. And I don't know that I would have had the experience to help lead other people through what we've gone through. But listen to this. People like Greg get to take advantage of this. You know why? The brother got in the mortgage business four years ago. He was a loan partner for one year. He's been originating for three years and in October of this year, which was two months ago. He broke a W-2 million dollars this year. His third Incredible. year, a licensed loan officer, W-2, he'll, he'll W-2 like 1.2, 1.3 million dollars. So the question becomes this. Could I have done that back then? Yes. But did we have the plan laid out back then? No. So what we're able to do now is help people go further faster. And, and that's what I love about this season of life is, you know, when I started doing the podcast, the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast, which is one of the top, it, I don't know if it's, you know, two or three, Carl has the number one, and that's proven by downloads and, and all that. And And I land somewhere between two and three, four, kind of, there's a couple of us, we all bounce up and down. But I can tell you this, I wouldn't have one of the top five podcasts in America for loan officers had I not looked back and said, you know what? I want to help people go further faster. And I think we can do it. And, and, and but
0: you do though. You like the same twinkle in your eye that I was just talking about. It's like there right now. I'm just saying, like, you actually do love this. Oh, I love it. To to the next level.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, brother, we can make a bigger difference if if we're not broke, if we're not bound like half. Half the marriages failed because of financial struggle. Listen, right? The, the first five years and ten years of our marriage, listen, can you imagine being madly in love, but the day you get married, be so buried in debt you can't even pay the bills? Stephanie was working a full time job, and I t- and I and I'm telling her, babe, man, God told me to get in the mortgage business. How much money are you going to make? Well, the first year, I think I made twelve or fourteen thousand dollars. wasn't enough, <laughs> and, and she's like, baby, I believe in you. Come on, you know, it's so literally. Oh, got that's this so good. Stuff. Yeah, You get this uphill battle. Well, listen, you believe in me until the loans don't close and we don't get paid and now we can't pay another bill, right? I I mean, right. I mean,
0: thank God God you pulled it together and it worked out,
1: you know? Well, thank God she had had the fortitude to just stay with me, Mm -hmm. even though she didn't believe me at the beginning. And I don't mean that in an ugly way, but I'm just saying you and I both know. It's like, hey, babe, we're going to close a million dollars this month and you close 500,000. You're like, what happened to the other half million? The well, came back, and the you know something happened, and so <laughs> it's know. the worst. And then and you do you basically you write the check, you're
0: already cashed it because you got to pay off this bill, this bill, this bill, and then all of a sudden you can't pay off all those bills. The money has to go here, and then you don't have anything left over. And you told your wife that the whole dang time, and like you basically lived through it. Well, hey, listen. So we're um. We're brother, I'm gonna have you back on. I mean, there's just there's so much gold here. And I, I I'm sure that we could talk for we could do double the time, but uh, but there's a few questions that I ask everybody that comes on, and I just I want to make sure that we we get these out. So, first one is this.
1: <clears throat> do you feel like you ever had a big break? Yes. Let me let me explain. Here's what what happened this year. So I, I I'll tell you that faithfulness in the field will lead to promotion in the palace. And let me, let me, let me unpack this real quick. And I know, listen, we've only got like, I, we're going to go seven more minutes and then we'll have to, have to run. Okay. That's but fine. Let, let me unpack this. There is a faithfulness that always produces a profit. And what, what I, what I will tell you is it's not a big break as much as it is your faithfulness your consistency, your diligence, your work when nobody's watching, you're, you're working on your craft. You know, it's funny. One of the things I'm the best at in this industry, and it's so funny, is scripts. I know how to script almost better than anybody. But what people don't know is for five to seven years in that range, the last, and it's probably this last 10 years, but I'm telling you every night. From 7:30 to 8:45, 9 o'clock, I would not watch it in primetime TV. I was working on my scripts. You know why? Because what I realized was, man, I ran into this challenge. How do we unpack it? So I'd listen to people and then I'd sit, and for me, it's it may be the weirdest deal, but I love to soak in the bathtub, man. So I got my speaker in the bathtub, I'm listening, and then I got my notepad and I'm writing. And I'm listening and I'm writing and I'm looking at it. And that was just for years and years. I was working on a craft and people are like, well, it comes out so naturally. Well, because when other people were playing, I was working because I knew that that was part of my superpower. knew it was what I was good at. And I think that the faithfulness when nobody sees, when I started my podcast two and a half years ago, Jimmy, I made a commitment that I was going to record one episode, good or bad for 12 months good, bad, didn't matter. I was going to release it. I didn't know about mics. I didn't know about cameras. I didn't know about uploading. I didn't know about editing. I didn't know about commercials. I didn't know about anything. I just made a commitment. I was going to do it. The first year I maybe had 6,000 downloads the whole year. If I would have quit there, it was the next six months where it grew to 6,000, 8,000, 10,000, 20,000, 25,000 downloads. Like what, what happens is, we quit short of a breakthrough. Water doesn't boil till to, to, to you hit 212 degrees, and most people stop at 210 and say it doesn't work. And what I want to encourage you is when you've got a passion in your heart and you know that I'm called to, here's the problem, Jimmy. Most of us don't have that divine moment, whatever you want to call it, where I knew that mortgages were, there were no plan B. I didn't know how much money you could make. I didn't know what it took. I didn't even know what a mortgage was. I just knew that it was now my calling for the rest of my life. And until God told me something else different to do, I applied my hand to it. And in doing that and in being faithful, like I'll never forget, um, the big break was whenever Carl White and I connected. And And it's not even a big break. It was, hey, dude, I think there's a divine flow here. My gosh, within a matter of months, a partnership evolved. And now I get to be a partner in literally one of the largest coaching companies in the United States, certainly for mortgage experts. And and, and it is only, number
0: one. I don't. There's no other coaching.
1: program. But, but, right. but here's where you got to be careful because you got to look at. It, there's there's another. There's two other organizations out. I. You know what? We we are a very healthy organization. So I to say number one because you can't back that up. Like, I, But but what I will say is, you know, we've got thousands of members. Right. And what is so amazing about it is that was a divine flow, Jimmy. Yeah. Like, like I'm telling you, Carl and I were laughing. We literally, our anniversary comes up like where he and I really connected every December 2nd. And it's like, dude, can you believe it's only been a few years? And, and what is amazing is, would you call that a big break? Uh, you know, some people would, but what I would probably say more than that was it was a divine flow because there was a faithfulness in the field that led to a promotion to the palace. And so, and I think most of us stop short of our breakthrough right. because we get to that 210 degrees and say, dude, I thought it, the water was going to boil. But you also,
0: you had to be at 190 degrees. You had to be at 195 degrees. You had to be at You had to go through that flow to get to position yourself, to be in a yeah. position where it, it makes sense to partner up.
1: Hey, hold um, on. Let me say one thing, and I know, and I know you get a couple. I don't know if we're going to have time. We'll have to just do another we, one. But listen, we, have,
0: we have three more questions. I'm trying to. Hit, hit it up let with let
1: it me one thing, one thing. The reason why I think this is important is because when you said 190, 180, 170, you got You got to walk through the phases. I think in life, there's there's things that happen. Either it's resource, like hey, I need more resource for the vision. Sometimes vision only comes with time. And I think when you're considering where you're at. You may be everything that you need to be to have that breakthrough, to have that big break, but sometimes it won't come until there's enough time to get to 212. Right. You don't need more logs. You just need about 10 more minutes for that water to come up to the right temperature. Right. I always want to encourage our listeners, listen, you may have everything you need for the breakthrough and for the, for the big break. Don't quit because it's just time. And that's where, you know, I think we fall short is we just get discouraged, man. People don't want to push. Like, dude, if I would have said, hey, I'm going to do this podcast for six months and see if I get downloads by the six month, I think I had a thousand total downloads. Right. Exactly. Like we, get, we get that in a day now. It's and persistent,
0: so, consistent effort over time. Yeah. You do that. yeah. Phil, Phil Treadwell quote uh, that I oftentimes do. All right. I have three more questions. We're getting these out. All right. First one is this. Your second one is this. If you were to do it
1: all over again, Steve, what would you change? I have, I actually have two answers, nothing because I wouldn't be who I am today. Had I not walked through what I walked through, if I could have tweaked anything, I wish I would have known what I known today back then. But the truth is, Jimmy, I wasn't ready for it. Um, you know, I'll never forget. There were four years when, so I'm a producing branch manager and I'll never forget this. Um, it, uh, there were four years and I kept hitting 35, 36, 37 million, 35, 36, 37 million. I, I just couldn't break through that just under $40 million production, uh, personal production. You know what happened, Jimmy? About three years ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I was able to lead my market, my team to $110 million in 14 months. Here's what's crazy. Whenever I was praying about that, I just said, God, what, what was that? He said, Had you broken through the previous four years, you would have been full of pride. Mm. And I'm telling you, the lesson I learned in that was so it was all about what I could do. And look at me. And man, I wanted to get to a hundred million dollars because that was like, dude, when when a hundred million dollars is a is a whole different level. And it was like, dude, Steve did it. He did it. He's so good. Wow. Right. And what God was showing me was I couldn't let you break through because your pride would have literally destroyed the foundation we've been working on. Hmm. And what I realize now is it's not the numbers that are my self-worth. I'm just going to play big every day and see what God does. Brother, that's okay. like... Question, I've, let's
0: I've, go. I've, 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 I love that. So, all right. Um, next one is, <sighs> was there ever a time you felt like giving up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> All the time, bro. I mean, all I just listened to your old story. I mean, I mean, it's just- yeah,
1: man. All the time. Hey, listen, I'll tell you. Three years ago, I had one of the toughest years in my life. Marriage was tough. Steph and I were fighting. Um, man, kids. We we had three kids under at that time six years old. Dude, it was just tough. Tough season. I had. I was trying to grow a market. Trying to bang out personal production. I'm working 14 hours a day. It's a it's a wreck. And and you know what? I'll never forget is this. There's two things. When life gets tough, live clean live close. What I mean by live clean is don't let drugs get into your life. Don't let addictions get into your life. Don't lean into pornography. Don't lean into the things that will corrupt your heart. And, and listen, I'm, I'm talking to every person. I'm talking to women. I'm talking to men. I'll never forget early in my career. I, there was a, 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 a season where I leaned into drugs, man. We make a lot of money. We, you know, I just started going into this dark place and i'll never forget one thing that was different about this horrible year a couple years ago was i lived clean and i lived close you lose your footing when you detach from the people who care the most about you and so i lived close to my wife i lived close to my twin brother and i lived close to a couple of mortgage friends that are unbelievable and that was about it i only had about 3 or 4 people but had i detached i would have gone to a deep dark different place And so when you struggle, it's not if, it's when, you have to live clean. You don't have to, man, I don't have to pray every day. I don't have to go to church every week. I don't have to be this perfect angel. I just got to live clean. Don't watch trash. Don't put garbage in. Don't watch the news. Don't listen to crazy songs with all these jacked up lyrics. Like, just live clean. And then stay attached to the people who care the most about you and you will pull yourself out by staying close and, and living clean. So that's brother, my great-
0: I'm, Brother, I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that you said this on a recording because that is just absolute fire advice. So the final question is this, uh, to set it up. Uh, you know, Steve, there's a young Steve out there. Maybe they're pouring concrete. You know, maybe they're $1.2 million losing losing real estate. Maybe they're driving their 79 Buick Opal with the you know floor rusted out. Uh, maybe they're you know sitting on the floor of a mortgage company just listening to experts do it and you know they're waiting tables at Papacita's at night. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone looking to
1: get it done? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean the first things that came to my mind was I would find somebody who's where you currently want to be and, and, and join forces. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. I used to think I had to do it alone, man. I'm going to do it. And I started going further faster. Whenever I, I linked up, like, listen, you know what I love about Carl? Not only is he one of my best friends, but he's where I'm going. And the truth is, you know, it was funny when he and I met, he said, Steve, you're going to get here. He said, I just think if we join forces, you'll get here 10 years faster than you would by yourself. And I think the thing that I would have done sooner was look ahead and say, man, that guy's got a $100 million team. That guy's got a half billion dollar team. Hey, that guy's built a great mortgage coaching company. I'm going to do whatever it takes to serve that person, to join their team, and to give my life to their vision until it's time for me to separate and move my vision forward. You know, I think we get so self-absorbed and we forget that in serving, there's a mantle that is placed over your life like the truth is this, man, I'm in a divine flow right now with Carl White. And um, you know what, what's happening is I, every chance we get together, like there's a mantle that's being imparted into my life and, and where it would have taken me to get in my mid fifties. I'm going to hit there before we even hit 50 because he's got an anointing on his life. And I don't, you know, I know that's not a phrase really used in the, in the marketplace, but listen, if somebody has got a gift, if somebody is uniquely talented and if they're at the top of their game and super effective, that's what you would call an anointing. An anointing's a divine flow. <laughs> and what I recognize is there's an impartation, you know, like, like the more you and I hang out, we're imparting into each other. Like I'm learning from you and you're learning from me. And it doesn't mean there's a subservient. Like Carl's not my dad. He's not my, you know, it, it, it's like there's a, there's a, I love what that verse in the Bible says. It's an iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Like we're in moving in the same direction, he makes me better. Dude, when we have, we have five and six hour conversations every night we're together. Like that's like, we're together probably four days a month. And dude, we sit out on the front porch at his place. And all we're doing is sharpening our iron, <clears throat> sharpening iron. Hey, what do you think about that, man? Uh, I don't know that I agree with that, but have you considered this? And it's this rub and it's like, there's no defensiveness and nobody's trying to prove they've got the bigger stick. They're just saying, dude, dude the best idea is win and so what happens in doing that it's like you're both going further faster so i would find where you want to go link arms with that person don't worry about the money the money will come learn to become effective not busy and stay focused on what you're really good at what you love the most and what makes you the most money and doing that you can make an even bigger impact in this world wow
0: all right. Well, uh, I want to thank our audience for joining us today. I especially want to thank Steve. Uh, I know he's got to go. He's a busy, busy, busy guy. Uh, Steve, but before you do go, where if somebody wanted to reach out to you to connect, uh, yeah. what would be the best place for them to reach out to you?
1: Hey, two things. So uh, follow the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast. Great podcast. Uh, we're designed to help you go further faster. Number two, uh, find me on social Steve underscore Kyles, K-Y-L-E-S. Shoot me a DM and or... Hey, if you need something, su- send an email to support at the marketinganimals.com and that comes right to me. So support at the marketinganimals.com. So Jenny, wonderful.
0: Well, wonderful. We'll put it we'll put a link to that in the podcast description. And uh, hey,
1: listen, love- hold on. I love you, brother. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the impact you make. Um, thank you for being curious for you and for the audience. Uh, and bringing great guests on to help people go further faster, man, and just get it done. I love you. I'm honored that God allowed our lives to cross paths uh, this year. And man, we're going to continue to do great things together. So love you, brother. We're going to crush it, brother.
0: All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. I want to thank everybody again for joining us. Uh, This has been the Get It Done Podcast. And if you want to support the show, hey, tell a friend, share this with someone, write us a five-star review. All those things make a huge difference in helping us reach more people. Once again, I am Jimmy Ryan. This has been the Get It Done Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.
1: See you.